0: Welcome to the Life is Relationships podcast, where we share biblical truths about marriage, parenting, and discipleship. The desire of CTCI is to see individuals and families restored in their relationship to the Father, and for them to be empowered to have thriving, godly relationships that impact the communities around them. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Life is Relationships podcast. And this week, we have something a little different for you. The associate producer of this podcast, Seth Stradling, decided that he wanted to... Uh, flipped the script on us a little bit, and he wanted to take some time to interview me as well as uh, my wife, Amy. You've heard her me talk about her on the podcast before, and just because of the longstanding relationship that Seth has with both of us, as well as our, our time on staff at the ministry. And so Seth wanted to talk through a couple things with us. So Seth, go ahead and take it away.
1: Yeah. It's first off, just an honor to have you both here. Thank you, AJ and Amy, for coming back. You guys put a lot of years of service into this place. So I just want to publicly say thank you to you both. Yeah, it's a privilege and an honor and it's, you know, been a extension of the body of Christ is we've had a couple guests on this podcast and it's been cool. It's been a a time of reconciliation. Reconciliation. What are we reconciling? We didn't have to reconcile anything. <laughs> People who haven't seen each other for five years at some point and one the year. A time of reunion. Reunion. There yes, we go. Time of reunion. So anyway. Uh, first question, um, this podcast is mainly going to be about life after ministry. And, uh, yeah, I was just really excited about this topic. And a lot of people who've been at the ministry for a time are, I'm sure going to be excited. I'm going to send it to all our friends so, <laughs> and mentors, parents, everyone, grandparents, whoever, generational gospel. All right. Did you feel any judgment or burnout after leaving full-time ministry? For me, no, I don't think I felt, uh, well, that's
0: a, a no and a yes. I don't think that I felt any judgment uh, per se because we know we know that we were following the Lord and where he was taking us. Burnout, probably a little bit. Like the, the last bit of our time here, um, and it wasn't any, any particular person's fault. It's just we knew that it was, it was the end of the time. And sometimes like pushing through the finish to in order to finish well, because that was one of our goals was to finish well um, and sometimes that takes extra grace and, and an extra amount of of determination to to do that and so um, maybe a little bit of burnout but definitely no judgment maybe a little guilt um, just because it was weird to go from uh, feeling like you know for lack of better terms it's like when you work in ministry sometimes it's kind of like I don't know, you feel like you're a part of a super team in some ways. And then you go and it's like, all right, well, now I, I got to go like buy groceries and just talk to the people in my school and be nice. And like I'm not serving one uh, mission and purpose every single day. Yeah. So that's kind of what that looked like for me straight out of here.
2: Yeah, I'd say mine was a little different just because – well, I worked in full-time ministry for—I was here at the Inn for seven years. I think you, you were here for two, two yeah, and a half, years. Yeah, I was here for like about that. two and
0: a half, and then, I mean, but my family has a long-standing relationship Right, off here. and on but, yeah, over the like years. When yeah. when we met, I was here for about two and a half years. Yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd been here for seven years, and um, pretty much straight out of high school. <laughs> this is what I did, and I loved it. But in this particular ministry is— for a lot of the staff members, considered residential ministries, so a lot of the staff members do live on on site and all that. Not all of them, but I did. And so this was my whole world for the m- most part, um, which I loved. But you don't realize until you leave that you gave all of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, AJ and I moved, you know, we took about a month to settle into our new place, get furniture, all that kind of stuff. And then he was starting school. And really, I had already gotten a job somewhere, like been offered a position and the Lord was like, don't take it. You need to rest. And I was like, Oh, okay. I don't, what does that look like? <laughs> and I basically slept for two months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just didn't do a whole lot. And like, I fought a lot of guilt around that cause I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not serving anybody. I'm not being productive. I'm not, I don't have a job. I'm not bringing money in. Like, but the Lord was like, no, I need you to rest and rejuvenate and like build back up like you gave for a lot of years it's okay to to rest and then once you're rested like go jump back in but yeah i definitely had a lot of burnout and i didn't know it until i left (laughs) so that was really interesting for me to
0: and i think i just i want to comment and just to to clarify uh when we're talking about burnout oftentimes there's like a, a negative connotation with that as in like people will take that as we worked in a like a toxic environment and stuff like that. And that's not what we're saying about this place at all. What we're saying is that we Mm -hmm. were in a, we came from a season of putting everything on full throttle Mm -hmm. and giving it absolutely everything that we had. And, you know, there were difficult things that came with that, but we gave it everything we had on our way out the door. We didn't just take our foot off the gas and float out of here. And so I think Mm -hmm. that that, <clears throat> there's that. And then the fact that Amy was here for seven years, basically on call for 24 hours a day every day that she was here. And that, that just takes a toll on people. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there was any one particular thing or person or, or issue that we had. We didn't leave on bad terms, clearly. If yeah. that were the case, I probably wouldn't be here <laughs> would on this podcast. Here right <laughs> yeah, and that's actually,
1: I was going to interject. I remember when, you know, you guys told me. It was in the dining room, and I was like, Amy Amy seems so happy you know and a sign of a good marriage is a happy wife who's laughing all the time as you can hear her and AJ you know is is uh you know he's he actually grew up in this um uh place where we are having the podcast in the living room we'll talk about that later and he's he's a man of god now so I was like man you're leaving I just heard him do a and camping and it wasn't then Yeah oh, you,
2: yes, you but <laughs> uh,
1: but you know there was a you know, that change of season. And I was shocked. I was like, you're leaving on a high note, you know, but, um, there is that time even in agriculture when you let the land rest. And, uh, you know,
2: it's better to leave on a high note than a low note.
1: It's true. It's true. You left it.
2: I'd rather leave in a good spot than Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You left when the Lord told you. So question two, you told me about a book that had a big impact, uh, about life outside of ministry. Can you share about that with our listeners?
0: Yeah, there was a a book that I read when it was part of the required reading when I started the job that I currently have, and it's called *The Monk and the Merchant*. And essentially, it kind of lays out um, there are these two kind of different spheres of the world that you fall into. There are the the monks that are the ones that are directly in ministry, that are the hands and feet that are doing stuff, that are the front lines of ministry. And then there are the merchants, they're the people that are, they're the movers and shakers and the, the people that are, um that are innovating and building and growing our world. And they're the businessmen and the innovators. And I kind of, I had almost had this, this guilt when I left, like I shared before, where I was like, Okay, well, I went from doing like super cool ministry stuff and now I'm just living life. What does that look like? And I knew that I was like moving into like just living the life of ministry, but it's still like it's that's kind of a like a like a squishy concept when you don't know what it's like. And for me, when I read this book, so the the merchants in this book and how it's portrayed is that they are people that and it's not that monks are believers and merchants aren't. It's that there are believers that are called to the front lines of ministry and service. And then there are people that are the merchants that are believers that throughout their business and what they grow, the finances that they gain, and all of that kind of stuff, that they end up, they're in the position to support the, the monks and what it is that they do, whether it's with product, whether it's with finance, whether it's with innovation in, within their organizations and that kind of stuff. And I had this this revelation that that's where I am. It's not that now I'm outside of ministry, so this is what I get to do. It's this is how I'm hardwired and how I think. And so this is the opportunity that I get to do, that I get to do work that increases my skills, that increases my knowledge that increases the things that I'm doing and that I get to innovate and I get to do more. And in turn, I get to take those resources that I learn or that I gain financially and give back to people in ministry and to people that are doing work that I believe in and that I support. And I get to support those people doing things really, really well.
1: Yeah. I like how that adds to the question before, you know, the guilt and judgment, you know, there's just equal, equal worth in uh, the monk and the merchant. That's great. Uh, you now live in Nashville, which is a pretty major city and you've had a, you know, different, it's a different job and different atmosphere than small ministry staff out here. Uh, we're recording in the living room. Like I said before, of a home that both of you actually lived at in different points during your time working here. What is it like taking what you've learned while working in ministry, uh, that you've now applied in your work today? You want me to start?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>
1: I'm to think
0: about it for a second. <laughs> um for me, I think there's there's two parts. One is and this may be partially how it was wired, but it was highlighted in my time at the at the inn, where like do everything with excellence unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to have that wired into the work ethic as I go out into the workforce outside of a ministry that stuff has a huge impact. And because of my my drive and how I work, I have been blessed. I have been blessed and I have found favor with the teams that I work with that have allowed me the opportunities to do some really, really cool things and have allowed me to progress and to, and to grow in the job that I'm in. And then the second part of of that that I've taken away is um, I am as funny as it is that this, the title of this podcast is called life is relationships. That's a huge part of the ministry here. Um, I am not naturally a relational person. I am pretty much on the go all the time. I'm moving from point A to point B and trying to get tasks accomplished. And, but I know the value of relationships. I have to work on that part. I have to consciously slow down to stop and have a conversation with somebody about how their day is going or just ask them about something that they did over the weekend. It's a conscious decision that I have to make, but I know it's it has a big impact on those individuals because if we go through life only thinking about what we need and how we're getting from point A to point B, then that's just going to leave people in the dust and that's not cool and that's not that's also not loving people well. Like that's not loving people well. And so for me to be able to walk through life with people and be intentional about how I slow down and I have conversations and show that I do genuinely care, I'm not doing it just for kudos. I'm not doing it just because it looks good. I do it because I do genuinely care, but I have to make a conscious effort to slow down in order to do that.
2: Yeah, I'd say for me, there were a lot of really practical things that I took from my time at the end that it, I think just because I've was here for so long just became naturally part of who I am and how I function. And not that I don't have to work on those things still, because obviously yes. (laughs) Um, But even things like Larry's trained to reign teachings. I sat back there and like ran the slides for five years and, (laughs) and, you know, had to sit there and listen to all those teachings had the privilege of that for so long. Like I just didn't really have an option, but to listen and it just naturally became part of how I think and how I treat people. And so being able to take that and, and seeing that lived out here and like, okay, how do we teach people to live that, these, these principles and these things that come from the Word of God that are about relationship and family and all these things? How do, I, how do we take that and teach that to people practically, which is what we do here at the Inn, right? But I say we as if I'm still on staff. <laughs> but um, taking that into everyday life outside of here, now living in Nashville, and I think it still shocks me sometimes that that way of living and treating people and isn't normal. <laughs> because I was in it for so long in an in a environment where that was so normal, that to then go out into actual normal life, it's not normal to treat people with respect and it's not normal to treat people like knowing, looking people in the eye and when you're talking to them and, and just communicating that you see them and I'm a super introvert. So like, that was a lot for me to have to learn to, like <laughs> actually like say, Hey, I'm in the room. Uh, and you are too. Like we're both in the room and that's important and that's, innately because God made you and you're important and to be able to carry that into all of life, whether I say the name of Jesus or not, people see Jesus in that cause that's how Jesus treated people. So yeah, I guess that's probably one of the biggest things that I took with me from my, my years here.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So as we wrap up and practically, uh, you guys already started answering about your relationships and, and, uh, the life outside of the four walls of ministry. Give us some practical tips of what's worked for you guys after going from small Appalachia town uh, to going to music school and being in a uh, big city Nashville and being a witness there. Uh, what are some practical things that have worked out for you besides going to birthday parties and then driving through the night to come record a podcast in the mountains, <laughs> which is amazing, by the way. Uh, that's a testimony in and of itself. <laughs> I mean, I think
0: Amy... Amy said it really
1: well in what she was talking about and how
0: the, the the principles of how to live life and treat people that are taught here that we learned and became ingrained in us. They're a part of our DNA. Like she said, you know, I say we like I'm still here. Well, we may not be here, but it is a part of our DNA. So there is we yeah. all the time. Like we are invested in this place because of everything that's been poured into us. And so we still say we about our relationship with this place all the time, but she said it well in that the principles that are taught here are not normal. like It's almost abnormal thinking for people to think about the principles and the concepts that we talk about that are so foundational to the Christian faith and what it looks like to live life as a believer, and yet it's just it's unknown so it's like we we get to walk in life with almost like this this little tool bag of secrets that we get to share with people whenever opportunities come up because we end up in situations and then we talk to people about you know hey it's probably not a good idea for you to share about x y or z when you just barely started to know somebody or You know, Mm -hmm. we were talking about like Larry's uh, conversation about, um, you know, levels of communication. There's the living room, there's the kitchen, there's the penthouse. There's all of these things that people don't recognize about how intimacy isn't just about sex and how there's a different level of emotional intimacy that people can get tangled in. And it's like these things that are so normal to Amy and I's minds, it's not not normal or understood Mm -hmm. out in the world. once we explain it, it's like a light bulb goes on for people and they're like, Oh my goodness! Like I, I would have never thought about that. No one's ever explained that to me in that way, and it makes so much sense now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I think we just we have the opportunity of having worked in and been in, like just been steeped in the principles of this ministry that have taught us so much, and we just get the opportunity to bless other people and, and walk that out and just be open to when Holy Spirit is prompting us and tapping us on the shoulder for when those opportunities come up.
2: Yeah. And I think, yeah, since we've been in Nashville, it's been really interesting to see like some of the friendships that we've gained that are really wonderful. Like out of those places, we have some of those people or, or people that we've met in small groups at church or his workplace or wherever we may be that, come up to us and they're like asking us for relationship advice or marital advice and we're like you've been married longer than us like why are you coming to me for th- like i don't understand but then when i sit back and think about it and the lord's like no but like i poured a lot into you and nobody's told them this before so you do have something to share with them it's not because you know it all but it's because you've been poured into not pour back out and um It's that's and that happens in everyday life. Like, that's just, you know, getting a cup of coffee with a friend or seeing somebody like sitting with somebody on your lunch break or getting dinner with a couple after work or something like that. And, you know, having a friend who calls all the time because they're walking through a really rough season and they're like, nobody's taught me how to walk through this as an adult. I don't know how to walk through these relational things. I don't know how to, how do I treat my boss right now when he's not treating me very well? How do I, like, How do I walk through this well and in a Christ-like way? And we're like sitting there going, you're coming to me? (laughs) I don't under, you know, but again, like it's just constantly being reminded like, oh my gosh, I have been taught. And like, I don't know, I think there's times that I didn't realize I was being taught something that— You know, somebody will ask a question and I'm thinking, I don't know the answer to that. And like the Holy Spirit brings it back up and is like, no, no, you learned this five years ago. Remember this. And that's really exciting to know that people are really hungry and don't know the things that like AJ and I said, like we've been trained, we've been taught, it's been ingrained in us and it feels normal. And to realize it's not normal for so many people to think that way, to operate that way, to have those emotional boundaries that are healthy and and that we get to pour that back out into people that are friends and, and co-workers. And yeah, it's really exciting. I love it.
1: Thank you so much for sharing. It's great to hear the testimonies of what God's doing in your life and uh, in Nashville and uh, even back when you come visit. So thank you again. And uh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for, for yeah, having us you. on. It's an honor. Like I know that I get to host this podcast, but it's an honor to for us to be able to be on here and for you to just ask some of these questions cuz sometimes i think that people don't think about life after ministry like it's just a different ball game.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that if you have been in ministry, like it's easy to feel like, "Oh, am i the weird one? Like nobody gets this." I you know, the season that you're in after. But no, there's there's a lot of us out there who get it. So
1: Yeah. Hope to see you guys soon. Awesome.
2: Bye, buddy, guys. Thanks
0: Chadling. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one, and we would love if you left us a review. For more information about CTCI and our upcoming programs, be sure to check out ctcilife.org. This podcast is a production of Christian Training Center International, and it is produced by AJ Selby and Seth Stradling.